0: Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group, Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Today's guest is William Deck. William has over 10 years of consulting, coaching, sales leadership, and workforce development experience. His calling is to help individuals and businesses awaken their hidden potential by educating them on the mental success principles that have been articulated by all major cultures over the past 5,000 years. He has infused these universal truths into his educational materials and personal philosophy because it is imperative that we learn from our history.
1: William, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: I am excited as well. One. For my own personal reasons, I am very much obsessed with mindset recently, so I'm super excited with what you're going to share with us. And two, um, you just killed it on the Young Guns stage, and I know that a number of people really enjoyed your presentation, so I'm sure that you're going to share some great added value to our listeners today as well.
1: 100%. I look forward to it. <laughs> Let's, add that value.
0: Absolutely. Let's start with how do you define success?
1: So my success, uh, my definition rather of success, is becoming the best version of yourself. For me, I believe that in life we don't have problems or challenges, we have opportunities. And being successful is simply meeting every single challenge, quote unquote, um, and making it an opportunity to learn and to grow, as opposed to seeing it as an impediment or a barrier, seeing it as an opportunity to catapult us or to be a leg up to go to the next level in our lives and whatever endeavor that we're going after. And so success is deeply personal and it can only be defined by self, but that small still voice will always lead you in the way of, in, in the road of success rather.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that it has to be defined by oneself instead of letting someone else drive your own personal success.
1: Definitely, very, very important.
0: So let's talk about mindset a little bit, cause obviously that's, that's the name of the game in your world. How does mindset impact our ability to network effectively?
1: Yeah, so I think when it comes to mindset and networking, one thing that I've heard so much because I actually was in workforce development for about three years before my most recent role. And the biggest challenge that I saw with our interns in this workforce development firm that I also faced early in my career was the fear of saying something wrong, the fear of not being good enough. And I think when it comes to the mindset component of this networking game, it's really about making sure that before you walk through the door or turn on the Zoom chat, that you have it within your mind, that you are good enough, that you can do anything, and that any question that you're gonna be asked, you have the ability to be able to answer it articulately. Because a lot of times when you're meeting someone, you have to ask and answer questions. And so asking questions isn't necessarily that hard, But answering them, if you get nervous and your mind shuts down, can be very, very tough. And so overall, what that really boils down to is having an unshakable belief in yourself. Do you believe that you are worthy of the best that this life has to offer? And if so, when you go into a networking event, you bring that confidence in with you and you have the ability and the courage to simply let it flow. Let that confidence, let that knowledge, let that wisdom flow, let that personality flow. The biggest thing that we tend to do in our own personal lives, networking or otherwise, is that we tend to stop the flow of our own, what I like to call divine intelligence. The ability to to create something from nothing. The ability to have answers when you didn't even understand what the question was. There's something deeper within us that allows us to to tap into that. But we have to trust ourselves in order to access it. And that's a very long answer, but it's so, so, so true. We're, We're putting our foot on the holes of the divine or the energetic flow in our lives, when we operate in fear and doubt.
0: I have so many questions about all of that. <laughs> um, oh, where do I even begin? Um, why I just why do we operate in fear and doubt? Why is that our natural behavior?
1: So I think overall. This may be a very esoteric answer, but I think when it comes to fear and doubt, I think it's been embedded into our culture um, worldwide for hundreds if not thousands of years. If you look back in history, there was always, to whatever degree, some kind of mythology or religion or whatever else around something that is fear-based, right? an entity or an energy um, that will affect you and hurt you and cause you to do things that you don't want to do. What I would say is what I've learned as I've gotten deeper in my own spiritual and uh, faith journey is that I realized that the only enemy we have is the inner me. So take the word enemy and the E-N-E in enemy, just replace it with inner, I-N-N-E-R, the inner me, right? The unresolved issues, doubts, and feelings of unworthiness and unforgiveness within ourselves cause all the problems in our lives. It's not something on the outside of us that's not to get us. It's our own negative subconscious programming, which is our habitual behaviors and beliefs, many times that were that are not our own, because the subconscious mind is, is programmed and put into default mode within the first seven years of life, because that's our default settings that allow us to survive in our environment. But if we're around negative, fearful people, then chances are more than 50% that we're going to be negative and fearful by. Default, not because we want to, not because we made that decision, but because it was taught, it was trained to us, right? So that's the nature versus, no, nature versus nurture thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so true, but as adults, we have the responsibility to begin to review and assess, why do I think that way? Why do I feel that way about myself or other people about or about this, the opportunities in my life? It's not giving me anything, it's not making me feel good, it's not making me feel empowered or worthy or loved, but I'm constantly thinking and feeling this way. And I just encourage people, if you don't like the results that you're getting, you need to do something different. The question is, what is that? And that's why I really teach on the subconscious mind, because that goes into root cause analysis that you can do on your own. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't seek therapy if you need it, I'm not saying that, I, I'm all for that as well, but we have the ability to be and to go into our own deeper mind identify the negative thoughts, feelings, and ideas, and then be able to say, wait a minute, 95% of these things is crap that I picked up growing up that I don't really like the way that my um, influencers believed and thought. It doesn't make me feel good and it hasn't given me the results that I want in my life when I still have operated from that space, emotionally, intellectually, and otherwise. Now it's time for me to do something different. I no longer think that I have to work twice as hard because I'm a minority, quote unquote, in, in this country. Because the idea and the etymology, when you think about working twice as hard, what did that tell your subconscious mind? What is that informing your life energy? Give, you, give me more struggle because I, ha- I must work twice as hard. As opposed to saying, I can do whatever I want. I can be whomever I want to be in this life. And I, and I demand success. And the universe tends to give you what you believe to be true for yourself and your life. Wow.
0: Well, um... <laughs> you're leaving me speechless here. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> the, so uh, obviously it's the subconscious mind is definitely a core to your philosophy. Um, and, and you did explain a, a little bit about this, but can you just go a little bit deeper into how this really ties into, um, what you do, what coaching, your, your leadership, you know, everything that you're doing within your business and how, why that's so important to you.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, I will say first and foremost, the reason why I came to the conclusion after years and years of study um, is is this. In my personal life, I had many challenges that I faced, it was like everyone else. So, it weren't like horrible things. It was just my challenges that I thought were really hard and tough and difficult and all that stuff. And as I begin to come through those and begin to learn from my mistakes and to grow personally and professionally. The one promise I made to myself is, once I really get to the deepest root cause, understanding of why this needed to happen in my life, I will never go through this again. These things will not happen again. I felt the pain and the frustration and the fear long enough. Once I get this stuff figured out within myself, I will never let this happen again because I've already learned my lesson. I don't have to do it again, right? I don't have to take, take the same ride twice. And so from a subconscious perspective, the reason why that is a core teaching of mine is first of all, I learned what is called psychologically, the, the law of mind. And many great thinkers have talked about this in different ways, but the law of mind can be summarized in this, in this, this uh, long phrase. What you think, you feel. What you feel, you imagine. And what you imagine, you become. So what it does is give you a roadmap to how manifestation occurs in your life. First and foremost is thought. Second is your feelings or your emotions, your emotional nature. And we all know if you cannot control your emotions, success, is, I mean, technically you might as well forget about success because success is gonna get you. You can't be successful with uh, having control of your emotions, being able to be patient, being able to not respond to every negative thing that people, quote unquote, try to bring at you. And then the last piece is imagination. Albert Einstein, one of his most famous quotes that i never heard until about two years ago, states, Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited, but imagination encircles the globe. What he was blatantly saying was is that when he could not find the answers, he had to go and tap into the infinite ocean of possibility, which is his imagination that can create something from nothing, which there's obviously (laughs) definitions of that that outside of just imagination. He had to (laughs) tap into that to be able to go and pull something from this invisible place and bring it into his awareness, write it down on paper, work it out in his lab and create something that had never existed before. And he openly said it, imagination is more important than knowledge. And so I wanna go back to thought really quickly. Thought is so important because thought, um, as Dr. Joseph Murphy stated, is first cause in our life. Meaning, if we wanna see the the root cause of any issue in our lives, based on what we perceive it to be, check your thoughts. What, how do you how you've been thinking about this about yourself or about this situation or circumstance? If it's not where you want it to be, it's a guarantee that you, if you check your thoughts, your thoughts have been in the equivalent negative or fearful or doubtful. Mm-hmm. And because you thought it, it went into your emotional nature, which began to impact your vision for the future or your regrets of the past in your mind's eye, your 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 vision, your visual faculty, and that is causing the results in your life to perpetuate either in positive outcomes or negative outcomes. So when we know that, then we can become conscious creators. And that is why people need to know how, not why. We always ask why, well, why is it happening to me? Stop it. How is this happening to me? It's not happening to everybody on the earth. There are people who who are thriving in the world in which I want to thrive. What are they doing differently? Are they better or more special than me? Well, if you got some negative subconscious programming that negative voice is gonna say, yes, that's exactly it, you're not good enough. But the truth is, once you understand how our mind works, thoughts, feelings, imagination, follow the trail, identify these areas in your life and you will get the answers to every, almost rather, and I can't say it's 100%, but almost every problem. And in my personal life, it's been every single one, but I can't say 100% for anything because we're all human and we're not perfect, right? Um, But it's so important because once you know then that takes away fear. You don't have to be afraid of, oh well, you know this thing isn't working out. Check your thoughts, change them. Check your emotions, get that under control. Stop being so impatient. Stop being so scared. Being afraid has never given you anything, so just stop it. Well, how can I do that, William? You no, know. calm down. Stop asking questions. Get still inside. Let all that rumbling sea and boiling water calm a little bit. When you when you calm your emotions down, you can think clearly. And then you can begin to say, I'm gonna control my imagination on what I see. I now decide to see myself in a better place than I am because I'm calm and now I can hear the intuition. And now I'm beginning to get that insight. And then you get that Albert Einstein effect to where imagination is more important knowledge and you are creating or manifesting what you want. It's not magic, it's not anything crazy, no, it's actually science. And the last thing that I'll say, cause I've already been talking a lot, but I wanted to really explain this and drive this home is, think about what we learned in science class. It's very simple, it's all connected. Matter cannot be created nor destroyed, it only changes form. Liquid, solid, gas, right? So if it's something that you can't see, let's just say it's in the gas state. Well, um, metaphysics talks about the unified field and everything being connected. And so thought is energy, our body is energy, everything that we can see in, in any realm, at any level or field is all energy. Therefore, negative energy turns into things. So Dr. Joseph Murphy, and I'll end here because I've got excited about this. Dr. Joseph Murphy literally said that thoughts don't just become things, that thoughts are things. And metaphysics and quantum physics as well prove this, that based on what you put your attention on, it actually changes molecular structure all the way down to the proton level or, or the, the molecular level. Meaning that when you focus on something, then form comes to that space. If not, it's just kind of like floating around like potential energy, but quantum physics has proven when you focus, like, like mental focus, like looking or, or, or perceiving something, then energy or things begin to form right there. And that is something that is so interesting, but it's true. It's actually been proven through science. So we have the ability to create something from nothing starting with what we think.
0: I just love listening to you talk (laughs) first off. I'm sure you've heard that numerous times. Um, Oh, I love it. And uh, I am a huge Albert Einstein fan. So Mm -hmm. you definitely are resonating with me on a ton of levels. Um, So I'm sure we can, we could probably hang out some other time, um, off podcast and just talk for hours on end on lots of different things, but Mm -hmm. we'll continue the conversation on the topic of networking here (laughs) as that's the focus of the podcast. Um, so, you know, talking about fear, oftentimes when people hear that word, networking, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's a scary word for a number of individuals. My goal is to help alleviate that fear. So William, can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had?
1: Yeah, I would say one of the best networking experiences that I ever had was when I was still living in Houston, Texas, where I grew up. And I was at a networking event um, while I was in a, a program that was offered through the greater Houston African-American chamber called the Houston Black Leadership Institute. And so they always had great business leaders come in um, to talk to us and all kinds of events. We would be like you know, politicians, like black state senators from, this, from the state and things like that would be there. And I just remember my first networking event, I walked in there and I saw, at the time was State Representative Sylvester Turner. I saw Sheila Jackson Lee there. I saw Senator Boris Miles there, people that I'd seen on TV only. And I, and I either knew who they were already, especially the ones that I named, but others had done research because we were told to do research on all these folks. And I was like, I've learned all these things about who they are, but I don't know what to ask them. Like, I just wanted to like pick their brain and say, how are you so successful? I want to be successful. Like, that's what I wanted to really ask them. But of course I had to kind of synthesize that and be like, okay, how can I actually just get feedback from them and have some good conversation? So I did okay the first time around, but what it showed me is, is that no matter whom is in the room, in the networking event, Either I believe in myself and I believe that I deserve to be in that room or not. If I do believe that I deserve to be in that room, virtually or in person, I'm going to go in there and make some great connections and have some follow-ups. If I don't go in there with that, with that inner belief and confidence, then I'm not going to go in there and be my best version and make as many connections as I could that I would have naturally if I was just like relaxed and treating it like a casual event that you're just meeting people because you're interested in knowing more about them and their lives, right? Um, and so that experience taught me that fear could not be a part of my networking experience, or it would be a waste of my time, or simply just not as effective as it could have been. Not just to get something out of it, but I could be connecting with people who I can, whom I can help, or and or whom can help me to learn to grow. And that's what it's all about. Relationships is keen, Relationships are key, right? Your network will always be very, very close aligned with your net worth. Mm-hmm. If you are friends and associated with highly successful people who are multimillionaires, over time, you will naturally flow into that because you are in energetic connection with that um, manifestation, with, you know, with, with those kind of people who think, of, who think in a certain kind of way, which results in financial success, peace of mind, hum, um, harmonious relationships, or whatever else that you're looking for. You have to get energetic um, connection or harmony with the state of being or reality that you want in order to get it and networking is a great way to do it because there tends to be people who are further ahead than you that are closer to where you want to be or where you want to be and if you can connect with them you're also connecting with your future vision because it's it's, it's an opportunity to learn what it is to be in that vibration because you see how they're calm or how they're confident or whatever else and you begin to mimic that what you're doing is retraining your subconscious mind. So networking is not just to meet people. Networking is harmonizing towards your future um, vision, especially when there's individuals that are in alignment with that. So with, with that, I'll just add one thing really quickly, make sure that when you're networking, make sure that if there's any way possible to know at least you know, the organization um, that will be represented there, or even if you know the individuals who are gonna be there, make sure that you have at least five people that you, make, that you are making your business to connect with before you leave there. You may not get all five, but if you get three of them and they're in alignment with where you want to go and what you need to learn, wow. What what, what could that mean for you? And you do that five times in a full year. That's 15 new connections that are going to help you go directly towards where you want to go Mm -hmm. or at least put you in the right direction. What could that mean for you in a year's time? That could be a promotion, starting a business, start investing in real estate. You have no idea. It's infinite potential out there. And remember what Albert Einstein said, Imagination is more important than knowledge. So you don't have to know everything, just believe that it's possible and go in there with that intention and let it flow. You'll be in good shape.
0: So as we're creating these relationships, regardless of the size of your network, it's extremely important to nurture them. So how do you best stay in front of and nurture this community in your network that you create?
1: Yeah, I would say for me, um, it's been interesting since, since COVID. So I think it's changed. Before I was just having coffees and/or breakfast meetings a lot of times and, and lunch, um, just to say connected with people that you know, have had become friends or that I wanted to cultivate relationships with. Now I would say what I've had to do is to create, you know, one-on-one Zoom chats. So I'm so LinkedIn has been key to just reach out to people um, because it's for business purposes and if it's for a business setup, if you don't if you don't already, rather you know if you don't have their contact information, LinkedIn is great. But if you do, of course, you can reach out to them directly. Set up coffees, right? Um, a lot of times, what I've noticed is that there have been mastermind groups and things like that, which are basically just groups of people who are like-minded, who um, just really, you know, jam out on growth mindset type, type of ideas or or investments or business or or relationships or whatever. And as you connect with those individuals, you will find out over time. I, I can promise you that mastermind groups and other just little small groups that are meeting to stay connected. And once you get invited into those circles, once again, it would be the equivalent if it was happening in person. And so that's a way to kind of um, stay in front of people. Um, another way that I've been doing, which is not necessarily a recommendation because if, if this is not what you plan on doing, because I've been creating social media content, it's, all, it's also put me in front of a lot of people who reached out to me. that wanna chat, have conversations. And, I, and this is obviously an opportunity that because of social media, I, I believe at least, um, and LinkedIn specifically, I was able to connect with you to have an opportunity to be here today. And it was because I put myself out there mm-hmm. to give myself the opportunity to connect with more people and to be vulnerable. And I think people have resonated with that just because I, I, I do my best to be me and not someone else. and people can feel that, I, I believe. And uh, I think that's been able to help me so far.
0: No, oh, I love that. I, I'm a huge fan of mastermind groups. Definitely another passion of mine. Um, but I, I am a big advocate for social media content. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: with regards to nurturing your network, um, because as you were talking, you know, the the coffee meetups are fantastic and you can really go deep with the relationship. And but, you know, if you're going to have coffee three times a day, every single day, you know, you still can't touch everyone in your network. Those are one to one kind of nurturing situations where social media is a one to many and you can touch a lot of people at once with a powerful message. So that is the beauty of this platform and technology is you can stay in front of and top of mind and be a resource and counsel and nurture your network with this amazing tool, if it's done right, obviously.
1: Yes, yes. And and for me over the past few months, that has been transformative, not just to to grow in connections and followers or whatever, but just simply to realize that even though I knew I had a message, I am seeing how in many ways it's affecting people in such a powerful and personal way. I, I even had, and I'll just give you one example. I had a, a former, he was the system administrator for a oh no, hospital that I work for here in Milwaukee. And he recently transitioned from, from his job. I, 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 he didn't say he was downsized, but based on the tone, I think he was, which I was like, man, that sucks. He, he's, he's great. Uh, he's like, he was like second in charge at like three hospitals. But long story short, or he he reached out to me after one of my posts about a month ago, and he was like, "William, thank you for posting this. I really need this right now. Um, let's connect soon." So we connected. We chatted. He 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 let me know that he had been downsized. Had a great conversation, and the conversation left him encouraged. And this was a very buttoned-up man, like not tons of emotion, but he clearly something I said helped was able to resonate with him. And I did a couple more posts and he responded and, and commented. But the last thing that happened that was powerful a couple weeks ago, he, he, uh, he emailed me and basically asked me, could I give him a recommendation on LinkedIn? And I was like, wow, that's an honor. So I said, of course I would, you know? And I, so I, I, I typed it out that same night and I, and I sent it back to him and he read it. And um, the message that he sent back to me said, William, you don't know how much this means to me. This is not just what I needed from a recommendation perspective, Professionally, but this also has helped me personally, and I needed to hear this right now, and that, and that just set me back in my seat. I was like, "I can't believe this. like I can, but this is this guy like, like this guy's like so polished and like so experienced and just like on the outside, he's like just not perfect, but just like such a high level guy. I couldn't imagine four years ago me having anything to say that would impact him like this, but it did. And it just showed me another example that we have more power and more influence than we believe or, or that we know. But if we would believe in ourselves and give ourselves the chance in whatever unique ways that we feel like we can contribute more value to the world, if we were just to do them, we have no idea yet who we could become and what we could do to impact this world. And it doesn't have to be like like I do through the spoken word and talking about esoteric knowledge. <laughs> it's, it's just about like literally letting your light shine. That. And I'm seeing more and more, it's ridiculously powerful. Um, that's the best way I can explain it. I, I, for this, I have no more words. I, I can't explain it, but it's just like getting stronger and stronger. The more and more I do it, the more power, powerful it's getting. And it's the it factor, it, it's the thing, it's the flow that I love it. I love you, you, it. you don't know where it, where it comes from all the time as far as like how it gets started in your life, but it almost takes a hold of you. It takes you for the ride. Um, and obviously it takes you just, it can take you to some great places. So that's the ride that I'm on. And I'm really encouraging other people to get in that flow too, especially in this COVID environment where it's like, you know, everybody's going to get sick. And if you haven't gotten the virus yet, you might. And, you know, if you're going a trip out of town, you know, you might kick the bucket. It's just like, Oh, slow down, slow down. Hold on. Like the whole world can't be ending right now. Like, come on now. <laughs> people, I don't have, I don't have an opinion to express, because this is not political at all. But come on now. like. If this is it, like the world's ending, it's a wrap. Well, in that case, we don't have to worry because everybody else is not going to be here either. So might as well relax, which is not the case either, right? Well, we,
0: let's <laughs> end it on a high note then, right? <laughs> let's be positive. Right.
1: <laughs> we, have to, we have to take control of our minds, right? That's really what I wanted to get to. That, that can be it. That's not it. We have always been here. We will always be here. If we, if our ancestors were here, we're here now, we're going to be ancestors to more people. All the trees continue to die and regrow every single season. Life continues to go. It, it doesn't end, it is an infinite cycle. So just, as I said before, stop being afraid. Walk into the light, stop being afraid.
0: <laughs> so, so we've talked a lot about forward thinking, yeah. And, and, you know, what, what is the, the plan and what, what the evolution is going to be? And just even we've, we've done some reflecting back, but I want you to look back at your 20 year old self right now. Yeah. And, and let me know, what would you tell yourself if you um, to do more of, less of or differently with regards to your professional career?
1: Yeah, I would say at 20 years old, um, I would probably be telling myself to keep your head up and to trust yourself more. I would say around 20 years old was when a lot of the tumultuous learnings began to happen in my life. And I went from a place in my life of immaturity, which thinking that who I was was what I had, who I knew, um, you know, being a former high performing athlete and all those other kinds of things were who I was. But that time in my life showed me that who I truly was was formless and I had no limitation. It just took me a while to see that. And so I would simply just tell myself to, to relax and to trust yourself. Things are not just going to be fine, but they're going to be amazing. And I would probably would have also wrote down the law of mind and sent him an email <laughs> of, what, of what you think you feel, what you feel you imagine, what you imagine you become, and say, I want you to read this five times a day for the next two months. Every single day, read it and continue to meditate on it and continue to let that phrase resonate with you. What does that really mean for you? And I wouldn't even give them the answer. Say, so read it five times a day, five times a day, morning, noon, and night, and, and let that resonate. Because that, once again, was the key to seeing the path to peace of mind and mental and emotional freedom, which has unlocked so much great success in other areas of my life, relationally and professionally. Because now I can believe in myself and I can check myself when I need to to get back in gear, as opposed to having to blame other people or argue other people down or point the finger at other people. No, it is me that needs to change. Not anybody else. Cause I can't control them, but I can control me. And that was what I would tell my 20 year old self.
0: That's very sound advice. Do you think your 20 year old self would listen?
1: I think so. I think okay. my 20 year old self was definitely a little arrogant and immature, but had been brought up in a way that listened to wise counsel. Mm-hmm. And so, if I saw if I saw my future self as someone who was um, was um, qualified to to, to be me advice, um, I, I think I would. I would still be making some mistakes, and I would probably have to call my older self and say, "All right, man, I screwed up again. Can can you remind me of what you said again? I lost it." <laughs> uh, but, but but I would be listening because uh, even though I was going through it, I had a lot of pain and growth and all that stuff. I was still listening to, to my parents and wise advice. Um, May have told me more than one time or and they came back at a later date to, to my memory when I needed it, but uh, I was listening.
0: So I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me now. What is something that you'd like to ask me?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, Lori, I would like to ask you what inspired you to start this podcast? It's a at funny- the core, not, not the surface reason, the core reason.
0: The core reason, um, mm-hmm. well, I I needed as a as a as a leader, uh, thought leader in the marketing space. You know, one of the things that I'm a huge advocate of is that as a business or a brand, you need to be creating content consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also a very big believer in practicing what I'm preaching to my audience. So I needed a platform. Mm-hmm. um to to get my message and my voice out there and i did blogging i was extremely inconsistent with that uh i, I tried video way too much um <laughs> uh i guess mental judgments of myself in that space <laughs> mm-hmm. uh definitely getting more comfortable with that now uh, especially because that's just the way of the world um but when i started uh podcasting when i was a guest on my first show um well, another a friend of mine show I found that it was super fun um, to do. And there's a level of just authenticity that comes out in the podcast, um, as opposed to like an overproduced video or you know, writing a blog post where you're just constantly editing. Um, and it was just the medium that really connected and resonated with me and is a great way for me to connect uh globally with other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, do I have an opportunity to ask one more question? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay, okay just wanted to make sure. Um, so, this is definitely changing the topic a little bit. But one thing that I believe in is honesty and transparency is a great way to connect with people. If you would be willing to answer this question, I'm not going to try to get super personal, but um, what is your greatest fear at this point in your life? that had to be like anything that's like super emotional, but like what is a, a, a transparent fear and or concern that you have that if you had the answers to things would be even better than they already are for you?
0: Um, a fear that this is a really interesting question, but I'm, I'm totally open to this. I've always lived an open book. Um, I, I don't hold anything back, but I, I have some fear of success. And I know that sounds weird, Mm -mm. Um, but I, I see how crazy and hectic my life is. Um, and I fear that success is going to make it crazier and more
1: hectic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you be okay if, if I responded very concisely to that? Absolutely. Go for it. So when it comes to the fear of success, that's actually one thing that I really, really talked a lot about and coached on with my interns when I was in workforce development. Many people had not, in, in their examples, had not seen examples of success. And so the idea of going from an hourly worker to a um, to a full-time um, salaried employee with benefits and retirement and insurance and all that kind of stuff was very f- scary for people because it began to bump into the level of belief that they had gotten to in their life. They, they could not see themselves being able to have good success and to also have a balanced life. And I would say to you, because I've experienced this personally, I actually saw my stepdad uh, work himself into into illness, even though he was a a, a Yale graduate and one of only three black men in the early 2000s to own radio stations in the United States. Um, He worked himself into the ground and he only saw himself as being valuable through what he could provide financially for the family. He didn't grow up with his dad and had a lot of unresolved issues. And so for me, I had to get over the fear of success because the greatest example of success that I've seen would always have ups and downs, and you know um, highs and troughs in his success because of his own mental and emotional unresolved issues. And so that was the example that I saw for success, which was not consistent. And I was afraid of that. And so my big thing has always been I don't want to be on the road all the time working and blah 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 because he always was, and he brought money and things back, but we didn't get time with him. And I had to get past that because if success were if opportunities draw me into opportunities to need to travel sometimes. I don't know when to cut it off, but I can trust myself to know when that is and talk to my wife and figure it out as opposed to being afraid of it because we don't, many times in life, we say that we want something out of our mouths or with our thoughts, but then with our belief systems, we push it away because on one end of the energetic spectrum, we're saying, I want it. And on the other end that is creating in the invisible realm, we're saying, I don't want it. Because if you're afraid of something, you're saying, get it away from me, energetically. And that is why we begin to run into plateaus in our life. It's that understanding that inner belief has to grow and expand as we go higher. And it's not easy, but it's necessary. So you can do it. It's just a matter of expanding your belief in yourself and what is possible for you. It doesn't have to be in that way in which you described, but do you believe that to be true? If you do, it won't be. But if you also do believe that it will be that tough and that's going to be the the outcome that will happen, then you manifest what you believe to be true, right? What you imagine you become. I believe
0: that, yep. Yep. I feel like I'm in a deep therapy session right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on the house. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's recorded. I can listen to it over and over again until it sinks in and I'm like, boom, got this. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, going on to final words of advice for our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network. What do you have to offer there?
1: Yeah, I would just say final, final words around networking in general. Put yourself out there, take the risk. It's a risk to get out of bed. You can roll your ankle, it's a risk to go outside and hop in the car, you can get into a car wreck. But once again, you're not thinking about that, you're living your life. You're doing the best that you can with what you have and you're continuing to expand your knowledge and experience to be able to be better and better and better. Put yourself out there. Nothing bad is gonna happen. The best thing that will happen, quote unquote, and or the last or the worst thing that will happen is that you learn. Good, better, and different, you will learn. These are opportunities. So the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you have to learn from the good and the quote unquote bad. But remember, look at those as opportunities to get better. And before you know it, you will begin to master that practice. And the more authentic self that you bring to the table each and every time that you network, the more you will connect with the right people that will have the right contacts, that will take you to the right places to get the right results. And you'll be able to do the same thing for other people And that is when what they call serendipity or being in flow happens is when you stop thinking about it and just trust yourself and let it happen. Take action consistently towards your goals and what you want. And you will see such a drastic change in your life. You will think that, you know, either it's magic or, you know, you you got lucky. It's not luck. It's operating under universal law. And that starts first and foremost with trusting yourself. And uh, that's my final words. Networking is just an extension of who you are becoming. So let that be a positive, amazing, powerful being and result.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, uh, William. If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Yes,
1: yeah, so they can actually uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, so if you um, type in William Deck, I am usually the first um, man of color that has a name William Deck to pop up. Um, and so you, you'll see the, the beard and the hair is, and it's definitely me, but if you type it into LinkedIn, um, I think it's, it's linkedin.com forward slash I N forward slash William B is in boy deck D E C K. So D is in David E C K William B deck. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram at W B I'm sorry, W dot B dot deck on LinkedIn. And then just my email is wdeck at mindbusinessllc.com. And that's m-i-n-d business.com. And um, either one of those ways are fine. I'm always posting new content and I would love to just have you drop in, listen to some of my new posts and hopefully I can inspire you to become the best version of yourself. And if you'd like to reach out, I love to talk.
0: Sounds great. And we will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Lori. This was awesome.
0: Super fun. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to William for taking the time to connect with us and share such insightful information with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking, check out our Facebook group. If you want to learn more about some marketing and check out some of the webinars that we got going on, visit keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. Otherwise, feel free to shoot me an email at lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast.